0: I'm Sam Saitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And in the words of my great-grandma Esther, Oy vey, I'm feeling a little meshugana. Uh This is crazy times, am I right, people? But uh, we're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And in the times like this, I need optimism in my life. And that's why I have to talk. To Tiffany Bendig. If you know Tiffany, she went through a really, really tough year. She's on here to talk about it, but in true Tiffany Bendig fashion, there are a lot of laughs. She's just great, and she's exactly what we need during this tough time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my good buddy, Tiffany Bendig.
1: You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton.
0: That's with me, Sam tells and you want to know what I'm going to give them? only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. We're trying to figure out who's more nervous, me or (laughs) Tiffany. How nervous are you?
1: Like on a scale from one to 10, probably like 20.
0: Are you really that nervous?
1: I think because I've never been in any kind of interview anything other than like for school and i think i wore a turtleneck and i was super red And i think i wore a red turtleneck
0: are you talking about like when you had to get up in front of class
1: get up in front of any kind of public speaking i'm just not a fan really it just
0: do you know i was the same way like i would panic a week before,
1: that's you too. Mm-hmm. Can't
0: get out of your head. No, it just like. Do you think when you're doing it, do you get through it? Like, do you does it, do the nerves go away pretty quickly, or is it like the whole way through?
1: I think it takes a good amount of time. Probably about halfway through, I feel okay. Yeah, as I'm like looking at everybody, seeing kind of feeling reactions and. Seeing if I'm doing okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just like you. And people don't believe me because, like, they see me now. I'm always talking. You're so
1: outgoing. Well,
0: I mean, I, I was always me. But still, even yeah. if you're outgoing, like, people are there looking at you. And yeah. especially in class, they're they're looking for those little mistakes because they're afraid of it for them their own reports, you know. But, God, I've done it be- between pro wrestling and teaching and all this. It's like... <laughs> and the podcast... I've done so much. That's the only way to get over it is just yeah. doing it.
1: That's why, like, one of the things that I really liked that you had done with the kids with Mason, with his public, with public, just public speaking with the poster boards that you had done at Reed when before, you know. Yeah. He was one of the first classes I think that you. I don't think you had Braden. No, no, he was you just before had Mason. Me. Yeah, and you know that. I feel like that really helps when you start at a very young age. I don't remember starting very I agree. at public speaking and i
0: told miss dina that when i started yeah. i told her all the things i was interested in teaching and she looked at that public speaking and she's like you know parents might not you know what do you mean by that and i was like i think they could do it i think it would be a good start like if they can start that now oh I mean, how? What you were freaking out probably through college or whatever. I was In freaking college.
1: Out. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I like I said, I'm serious. I wore a red turtleneck, so when my face got really red, like I felt like it would all just blend and nobody would notice.
0: I thought. I always thought. Wait a minute, is that true? Because I always thought when you wore red, that you looked more. I, looked more red.
1: I don't know. I think I just looked like an apple. <laughs>
0: Yeah, speaking of which, red delicious apples are, that's only 50% of the truth. Have you ever had a red delicious apple? I have. It's red, but delicious? It's not. No, it gets me every time. They look amazing.
1: No, I don't like them. Honeycrisp.
0: Me too. I'm all about the honeycrisp. That's what's up. (laughs) You know, I have to thank you about uh, that uh, when we were going to the way back. How many years ago was it now?
1: Let's see. Oh my God. F- Mason's four? in second grade. Yeah. And Brayden's in third. And I had him
0: for like two years, right?
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, because he
0: so, didn't... So I have to explain to you that like I came from uh, elementary school where, you know, the kids and I, we had a bond and like I, I always felt like, you know, I was doing well by them and the parents appreciated it. I came here, things got a little rocky because I was new. You were the first parent to like make me feel like I was doing really good by their kid. Really? You really were and I'll never... I'm just so appreciative of that. I Thank really you, needed you. that at the time.
1: I mean, I, I was really receptive to you guys and I thought you were amazing with the kids and Mason gravitated to you very quickly and easily. And I think just having a male role model, a male teacher that he can look up to. And I mean, he they still talk about you to this day. They haven't seen you in a while and I know. I meant to take them back in the summer. They wanted to see you and just things just never kind of like worked out just to stop by and say hi.
0: Okay. But, I'm glad because the other day they're... I saw a kid in Walmart and she looked at me and this was a kid I taught for two years and she was like, mommy, wait, who is that? Who is that? I was like, I taught you two years ago, but they remember me.
1: Yeah. They're yeah, excited yeah. to go to camp this year. Oh man. They're and the best. They wanted to come here today and listen to this podcast. Did you say no? I said no. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, but I think Mr Sam's gonna do a podcast at camp, like for the children, possibly. I didn't wanna be definitive oh. in saying it, but I said I think he does it with the kids and he and Braden's like, Oh, I wanna do that. Yeah. And then Mason's When there. it comes
0: to the uh, the Camp Tuscaloosa podcast, your boys have VIP.
1: <laughs> so they're <laughs> so like they are like they're in.
0: You let them know. I'll let they're them okay. know. They're gonna listen to this, right? <laughs> Yo, yeah. boys. VIP. (laughs) That's what's up. Okay,
1: awesome. (laughs) So
0: seriously, thank you for that. You're welcome. And so, what I learned about you over that uh, that period of time is, I mean, you made me feel good. You you know, you never forget how people make you feel, and like you made me feel so good. But I'm not alone in that. Uh, You know, when I discuss you with other people, the people of Hamilton see you as just a bright light, just a positive force. So. Uh, you got a diagnosis recently that like kind of sent shock waves through our little community because you know and especially in this area where the preschool is because everybody knows you everyone was talking about it everyone was worried about you and all i kept saying to people was how could this happen to such a good person
1: (sighs) it's so hard like where do i thank you for all the compliments i mean i felt so much support from this entire town throughout this whole process through, I can't even explain it. It's like unfathomable, like the support, from donations to the fundraiser that the Hamilton High School did for me. Um, They threw a powder puff football game in my honor. Um, I I think it was like, let's help tackle cancer, like for Tiffany Tower Bendig. I have a lot of teachers in the school system. So my brother, who should come on here, Eric Tower, who is a middle school, seventh grade language art, english teacher he and my sister-in-law works in the middle school and my brother-in-law is the high school guidance counselor so i feel like i had a big support from the school and i graduated from hamilton also and just my friends and my family and the love kept pouring in from work my work families it it really was crazy the whole experience must have been so crazy and just even the way that i mean coming back (laughs) from the beginning the way i was even Diagnosed I had no symptoms but itching.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's let's start off. Okay. So so you were this was only a year and a half ago
1: So I was I I was diagnosed February of 2019 and
0: you were diagnosed with
1: Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma
0: and what is non-Hodgkin's lymphoma?
1: It's a blood cancer so um, Lymphocytes are uh, one of your white blood cells that fight infection. So I had cancer in that particular white blood cell so your lymphocytes um there's hodgkin's lymphoma and non-hodgkin's lymphoma so i had non-hodgkins which is a little bit more difficult to treat
0: you had the more difficult of the two difficult
1: to treat and along those lines see now they can test for different you know phenotypes and different uh genetic markers that are on your cancer cell and i tested bad for different markers also and meanwhile i was you had a double whammy i had a double whammy
0: how how did
1: so going back through all of this um i had itching starting probably six months before um, my diagnosis i started a new job full-time i'm a nurse anesthetist i started at shore memorial medical center down in summers point full-time i had worked at princeton medical center prior to that and I was just always so itchy, and I'm like, ah, oh, it must be something they're laundering the scrubs in. It must be something work-related, because I didn't have this itching when I was at Princeton. And it went on for months where I couldn't sleep at night. Nothing would take this itching away. And I still didn't, and I still didn't think anything was wrong. And eventually, in January, I had a mass pop up on my chest, like a sternal mass, um, like a lump. I was like, Jim, you know, Jim's my husband. Did you did you notice this before? He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. But it wasn't super noticeable. It was but just it was small, small, something. Small, just something here. And then I had um, two lymph nodes pop up in my axilla.
0: Your axilla? What is uh, that? Sorry,
1: <laughs> your armpit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm no doctor, so you're going to have to spell it out for me.
1: <laughs> so two lymph nodes in my axilla whoa and i'm like oh you know i'm not sick sometimes your lymph nodes are inflamed when you're sick because you get a greater white blood cell response and that's what helps you fight infection so people that you know you feel your lymph nodes in your neck when you're sick sometimes they get inflamed Um, and that's normal that's a normal response but my lymph nodes were getting bigger they weren't getting smaller and they increased in size doubled in a week so I knew something was wrong. So I went to my primary doctor, which was through Cooper, and she sent me right away for... She thought it was breast cancer. She's like, let's get a mammogram. Oh, they thought they it was cancer it was, right off the bat. She thought it was cancer right away, but didn't spell it out. She's like, oh, we're going to... I guess I know, being in, you know, I in the medical ask you, field... was did you
0: start to consider right away that I you... didn't. You didn't.
1: I never thought that itching would be a sign i know i've never heard of that as
0: a symptom that's blowing my mind
1: so these things that popped i'm like oh they're not good but i'm still not concerned i'm not worried let me go get them checked out maybe it's just i don't know something benign nothing bad nothing bad so the primary said let's get let's get them biopsied let's get a mammogram and let's just go from there and see what what we find and get an ultrasound and
0: you're not scared at this point point.
1: and i'm not scared at all i mean i think i went to the ultrasound even myself i didn't i didn't think anything of it i had mm-hmm. the mammogram i had the ultrasounds first of everything and nothing really showed up terrible except the inflamed enlarged lymph nodes and they're like oh you know we can't really tell this mass here is not showing up as anything did you fall i'm like did i did I fall oh. like how could I fall and I think I would have broke my nose before I yeah on your chest.
0: chest that would be really weird so that's I'm a like, weird question
1: so I'm like I don't know so I, I waited uh, I went back to the doctor and she goes since all this is inconclusive let's get a let's get a biopsy at this point so I had a biopsy of the lymph node and then that's when I was determined that it was non-hodgkin's lymphoma
0: Were you in the office when they told you this? Did they call you? No, actually, they
1: called me, but at a very bad time, I was driving home from work. I always thought that was against
0: protocol to call people when they're driving.
1: And she didn't ask me if I was driving. She could hear that I was, I I thought she could hear that I was on my Bluetooth and I just had to pull over. I was just. You pulled over. Shocked. And I mean, I couldn't believe that she's telling me. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? I have lymphoma. What does that even mean? Like it didn't even sink in. And then Jim was working. And did, you
0: know, uh, I, did you know about lymphoma? I, mean, you're I didn't. A, oh, you didn't? I, I didn't. just figured you're in the medical field. So I, I, kn-
1: I knew what I've heard of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I've heard of Hodgkin's lymphoma, but I didn't know anything about it or where to go or what to do. I, I was just so blindsided. Like, you know, I'm like, I, I was lost.
0: So what was the first thing you did after the phone call?
1: I called Jim at work and he was busy and you know he didn't answer the phone and i was panicking and it was president's day so my mom was home with my kids because we were both working so i didn't want to call her because she's home with the kids so i called jim's mom and she answered and i just started flipping out i'm like oh my god i'm driving home i'm so upset you know i can't get a hold of jim i'm just going to call him a hundred (laughs) times and then he did call me right back and jim called jim left work his sis, she did.
0: You didn't tell her. You I, just told I you know. Her I upset. did tell her. Oh, you did tell her.
1: I'm really close. I, I mean, our family support system is amazing. I'm really close with his mom, his sisters. Like oh, my mom and that's dad fantastic. are amazing. That makes my, all the difference, right? <laughs> so I'm so comfortable. And she's a nurse. His sister's a nurse. There's lots of nurses in the family. So oh. it's. I was very comfortable talking to her. And then Jim met me at home with my parents. And his sister actually picked Braden and Mason up because I didn't want them to to see me at that in that moment. Mm. I just wasn't ready to, you know, I didn't want them to see me have a breakdown. You, well, yeah, I just you wasn't must have been, processing anything. I
0: mean, what, what, were you crying? I, were was you?
1: Cry, I was like shaking. And I think I just walked in and Jim hadn't said anything to my parents, but they knew something was wrong. They knew about the lumps. They knew about the mass, you know, and, but nobody else, I didn't t- tell anybody else about it. No other family members. So... We just sat down and said, "Okay, we need a we need a plan, like we need a plan. This is like, what are we gonna do?" I called work. I'm like, "I can't come into work tomorrow. Like, I need I need a day." And you know, I, I was working every day, eight hour shifts. I'm like, "I just need one day. I need to call around. I have to figure out where I'm gonna go for this lymphoma." That
0: – How is was how was uh, my man Jim doing?
1: He was really upset, but he held it together. Like, I feel like he pride at times, but not in front of me. Like, he mm. wanted to be strong for me. Um, and he was. You know, and I'm like, you have to be strong for the boys, too. Because the boys are older now. Like, they understand. They like, Brayden knew.
0: Yeah, Brayden especially. something was wrong. Right he, away? Right away. He... Uh,
1: I was gone a lot of nights for testing, and he knew. He's, he's like, a Where's smart mom? smart
0: boy. Where, where
1: is she? Like, she doesn't do a 24-hour call anymore. She's home at night, so why is she not here? And he asked him three questions and he's like tiff you have to like as soon as you're done getting your i think i was getting an, e- an echocardiogram they were just checking my heart function multiple testing needed to be done prior to me starting chemo whatever kind of chemo it was going to be and i got home and brayden had said mommy you know i know something's wrong like do you have the cancer. Oh, why did he jump right to that? I think Jim said, mommy's sick, or mommy, I don't even remember the sequence. And was of he already he,
0: educated a bit on, on what cancer he is? He
1: knew what he had said. Does mommy, do you have the cancer that I wear the pink socks uh, for? Because in soccer, oh, they wear the pink socks. For breast and, cancer. For breast cancer. And I said, no. And then his next question was, you know, are you going to lose your hair? And I said, yes and he started crying his eyes out and then he said are you going to die that were the, they, the those were the three questions that he asked me and i said i am going to lose my hair but it's temporary and i'm not going to die like that's just out of the question so now i'm like i have to be strong for these kids and i'm going to do everything in my power to be strong and make a truth to this
0: so you were sitting there looking at him in the eye and letting him know you're fighting through this. And
1: yeah, like no matter no matter what. And I think the biggest thing that they were I can't upset-
0: imagine what that conversation must have felt like. Uh, you know, six years ago before I had kids, that would have been one thing. Now I have my own kids. You know, I feel like these are the kinds of things I play over in my head on those worrisome, you know, sometimes you worry as a parent. Like I've played that over my head, that kind of situation. It's like, and you've done it. That must have been incredibly difficult
1: just to see the the look in his face and to see him sitting there crying hysterically when all I wanted to do was break down and cry and
0: and you didn't cry
1: and I did and I you know I think it's good to show kids emotions I think they they need to know like appropriate emotions like you can be sad you can be upset like you you can cry it's okay you know and I think the biggest thing, though, through all this was the hair loss. They didn't want me to lose my hair because they thought they wouldn't recognize me as their mom. And my long, curly hair was a big deal to them. They're like, how am I going to know that you're my mommy? Like, I know you because of your, your, your long, curly hair. And I said, your whole life. That's, a- that's how they saw me. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we're, we're going to fix this this hair is going to go. I'm going to chop it off as easy as that. I'm like, we're going to donate my hair. We're going to make this, we're going to turn this around. We're going to make this a positive thing. Cause that was the one thing that they were both worried about. Braden more than Mason Mason. We had sat down and told him later and he was just like, okay, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mommy, you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so my friend, um, Marla Haynes, who owns, um, the, um, the hair lounge mm-hmm. right in the middle of town she closed her shop for me and I had 30 people in there watching her cut my hair
0: 30 people
1: and my family and a couple close friends and she
0: and this is before chemo started this is
1: before I mean I had my diagnosis the 18th the lump popped out January 29th two weeks later I'm diagnosed with cancer I'm trying to think, so that was February 18th. I knew I was getting chemo the beginning of March, like starting March, you know, March 4th, I was trying to determine, I ended up going to Penn. I was initially, I know I'm kind of jumping around.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to actually, while you're going through that, just trying to imagine the scene in in the
1: salon. It was, I mean, some of Jim's coworkers had donated like food there and I'd brought champagne and I'm like, oh my God, we're just gonna make this like a celebration. Wow. And Mar, you know, Marla cut my hair, and Jim had picked the boys up from school and brought them there. And my sister-in-laws had all these boards, these notes, had all the family write notes while I was cutting, getting my hair cut. I didn't even know, like support notes. And bought me like a Wonder Woman bracelet and made the kids T-shirts that said, my mom's a superhero, like all this amazing stuff. And just made me feel like so special and so important and involved my children. And the boys thought this, wow, mommy's like doing a good thing. So this is this is okay, like sh- this is fine now. So I cut my hair, and they were okay with it. They're like, okay, we we could deal with the short hair. I still know that you're yeah. my mommy. Did they
0: shave it down or just cut it really I short? I cut it
1: short, and then after my first round of chemo, I shaved it.
0: How did you feel when you first saw yourself?
1: I actually felt like G.I. Jean. <laughs> <laughs> a, bad, <laughs> a
0: true badass.
1: <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, drop down and give me 20. Like, like And I felt so... Like, so almost, like, liberated? I did, and that's what I told... I mean, going... I, I feel like I've jumped around so much, but going... No, no, I'm you have I'm going to take it back a little bit. Okay, that's fine. After Marla had cut my hair... um. Allison saw me, Gallagher, saw me in ShopRite with Mm. my hair cut. Like it was a day or two later. And she goes, Tiff, like your your hair looks beautiful. You look beautiful. Well, she rocks the short hair too. But I'm partial to short hair. Like just joking about (laughs) it and I start crying. Oh. And she's like, Oh my god, what's the matter? And I'm like, Oh my god, Allison, I would have never cut my hair, but I have cancer, I need chemo. It's gonna I just started it's gonna fall out, you know. She's like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You know, we we Like, I've known Allison, I know her, but, like, we're not super close friends, but I just blurted everything out to her. Well, Allison is
0: also super cool, so she's a good person to vent to.
1: And she, and I think, you know, I shocked her, and she had called me the next day and said, Tiff, you know, you you touched me by what you said. I want to take a photo of you and your children before this journey starts, of you and your boys. You know, you could be a face of the Mommy and Me sessions for the... I'm going to donate to the Center for Family Services. She was doing Services. a contest,
0: right, of mommy and me photos.
1: Mommy and me, and she was, the sitting fee, she was donating to the Center for Family Services. So she's like, your is going to be out there because it's a charity event, and, you know, you cut your hair, people are going to see it, you're going to be out there. And I'm like, it's okay, because I want my boys to have a picture of me with them, you know. And end, this is, you know, they will have this forever, no matter what happens. And she goes, we got to do this, but we got to do it tomorrow. In one day. I'm like, perfect. What do you, I'll grab something in my closet. We'll get pictures taken. And that's the picture that I have on my profile. Do you
0: remember what I said about that photo?
1: That it's, I know that you said it you love that picture and that it's, it's
0: well I, I don't remember exactly what I said so, yeah. but I can I can tell you how I feel right now and I'm only oh. assuming that's what I said is that like hands down like uh, I can't remember too many photos in my entire life that moved me like that photo at that moment when I saw you and the two boys and you're looking at oh I need to stop before I get <laughs> emotional about this photo it's a wonderful picture
1: it, like, it, I was in the, she had shown them to me. I was in the hospital getting chemo and she had put up. She goes, Tiff, let me show you some of this portfolio. Let me show you these pictures. And they were beautiful.
0: You know what? We took a photo before we started this. Why are we taking a photo in here? We should really use that one as the photo for this episode. We
1: can use use that one. Is that cool? That's my most favorite photo It's so special.
0: Oh, the feelings. And if you know the story behind it, even without the story, it's a beautiful photo. But if you know the story, it's like,
1: oh. so meaningful. And for her to just reach out to me and say, we're going to do this, but we have to do it tomorrow. Look, I'm like, Straight up I'm all in. Let's Alison go. Look, that's her.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah. So, so yeah. So you cut your hair.
1: Cut my hair. Um, I was still in the Cooper system at that point. Um, they actually didn't. I, I was trying to get into Penn. Um, I had. I have some relatives. Obviously, I know a lot of people in the hospital that work in the hospital. I have a relative that's an anesthesiologist. Asked her where I should go. She told me to go to Penn either use one of these two people. So it took me a month to get into Penn. So I didn't get an appointment till Penn until March 11th.
0: They, they made you wait a month. I had to
1: wait a month.
0: It's right. my least favorite thing about medical stuff, the wait.
1: So I said, oh, all right, I'll stay with Cooper. I'll get all my testing done. I'll send everything over to Penn because I have a lot of testing to get done anyway. And then I'll be ready to get started. And when I went to that appointment at Penn on the 11th, I was supposed to start my chemo at Cooper the next day, the 12th. And Penn said, you know, Cooper never tested you for like double expressor or certain pathology of the lymphoma. Like Cooper never tested you for these. And they were going to start me on a chemo regimen that if I did test positive for these, Penn would do something different. So now I'm worried. And Penn said, listen, move forward, go with the chemo that Cooper has You started on the 12th, and then hopefully none of these will come back positive and we will keep you on that same regimen. And at that point, I just knew that this was going to come back positive, and I was meant to be at Penn. And then I got that phone call after I already had one round of chemo, which was outpatient chemo. Eight hours I was there. When these markers came back positive, Penn switched me to a week long of inpatient chemo. For six days straight.
0: What was your schedule before that?
1: One day of outpatient chemo every three weeks. So a day of chemo, one day, all for two do, weeks.
0: Do you suspect that things would have ended up different? If-
1: I honestly do. And I went back to that Cooper doctor, and I'm not blaming any anybody or not blaming anything. And I said, why just? I'm just curious as to why I wasn't tested. Like, why was my pathology not tested for these markers? And he had said, Tiff, he didn't think I had any of them. I'm healthy. I had no symptoms. I had no nothing. Typically, patients that present with these markers are very sick.
0: But the thing is, is like, I always say this, like, why not test for all of it? Why not? We saving money here? We saving a few bucks for someone's life? I always say that, like, just test. I had the same issue this summer with Ashy when he was so sick. It was like, they would... Uh, they would give him one test I'd say stop man test him for everything man we don't know what he has
1: absolutely I agree a hundred percent
0: it's life and a glorious life at that
1: (laughs) and that's your baby like yeah I I mean
0: I've never felt so helpless in my life
1: no matter how many the bad things that I went through when I saw kids getting chemo, or kids that were sick, or I had a, a little boy that was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma in the hospital, a colleague's son, like a, an 11 or 12 year old boy that's going through chemo. I'm like, it doesn't even...
0: There's nothing worse.
1: There's nothing worse. I couldn't even feel bad for what I had if I wanted to, because this is what I see. And anything, any child going through any of that is 100 times worse than what I'm going through. Um, so, thank God I was at Penn. I tell everyone to get second opinions. It cannot hurt to get a second opinion. Especially
0: when it's a serious.
1: Especially when it's cancer. It's a serious illness, it's a serious diagnosis. It can't hurt. I mean, I had, to, you may have to pay a little bit extra to pay Ugh. for the pathology to be sent, but who cares? Sold. <laughs> what do you want me to pay? Yeah, what else Whatever. are you gonna spend the
0: money on? <laughs> yeah,
1: so I thank God that I was at Penn. <clears throat> and hmm. then he said, you know, you have a strange case well and they have a tumor board there you know we'll talk about you He's never want to be part of the tumor board so when he said I was oh. presented at the tumor board I'm like great <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot um, but it's like so many heads are put together and they all talk about your case and how we should treat you and what we should do and I felt like I was in the best hands that I could be in
0: mm, those people made you feel confident they huh?
1: made me feel as good as I could feel
0: okay Uh, We have to take a commercial break. We God, how are we? Okay, there's so much we have to cover, including like what you've learned from all this, and uh, uh, you are so much more than this. uh, We have a lot to cover. Uh, We'll be right back. So, what's the name of the place, and what can people get when they come?
1: It's Campion's Kitchen. We're in Blueberry Crossing, right on the White Horse Pike, same complex as the Health Tree and Goodwill. Everything is fresh. Everything is homemade. Uh, we do panini soups salads wraps I also have a hot bar I opened oh. uh, I yeah I opened um, the store because I've been catering for about five years food is is my passion I love it and I wanted to get my food out there for people to try so I have um, you know healthy comfort sometimes not so healthy food on my hot bar Um It's $10 for a meal, you get an entree, two sides. Uh, We normally have two or three options every day.
0: Mm. So Campione's Kitchen, right by the health tree, right? Yes. Yeah. People, like, I don't know, I didn't know about it. I know. And now I know, Mm -hmm. and now I'm happy. Before we get back to the story, um, I see you've brought with you some items. Are those for me? I did. Can you you bring them on over to the table? Sure. I think those headphones will stretch, or you can put them down, choices, decisions. And you brought it in a bag. I did. What is this? Well, it's
1: like a clothes bag, but... All right. Yeah,
0: secrets. I feel like it's my birthday. All right. So I'm opening this red and white... Oh, this is for Reed Preschool, isn't it? Look at this beautiful book. You know I'm all about this, right?
1: I didn't know if you had this book or... I don't. Okay.
0: But if I saw it, I would buy it. This is the... So people, I'm looking at the kindness book, the illustrations are so-called, this is the perfect kind of book for me to read to the kids.
1: (laughs) Thank you, I, I love kindness and I teach my kids kindness above all else. Do you? I do because I was bullied in school and I tell the kids that the kids that, I still remember the names of the kids that bullied me and I'm 38 years old
0: why were you hold on I'm going to put this on the floor is there something else in this there is there's one more little thing before we get to that let's get to the world's (laughs) best jokes for kids I bet there are some zingers in this one
1: I wanted humor is the best remedy I feel I love comedians I love humor and my favorite joke was on page one for kids so I had to get you this book so I have to read you my favorite joke
0: yes absolutely (laughs) Give it to me. And
1: the kids are sick of me saying this joke because I say it every day for the last like year, I think. <laughs> who's, your,
0: who's your favorite comedian?
1: Sebastian Maniscalco. Of course. Have
0: you seen the one about how uh, when people used to uh, ring the doorbell back in the day versus oh, it's now? It's so
1: true. Yeah. Army crawl. What's yeah. <laughs>
0: back in the day, it'd be like, who's here? Right. Get out the soup. Get yeah. out the food. That's now it. it's like, who's here?
1: Mom, get down. Why didn't they call first? <laughs> <laughs> he, Jim and I saw him before he was famous. We paid like 20 bucks for a ticket. Oh, he's huge now. He's selling yeah, out was stadiums. Ten, this is a long time ago. Now, yeah, we can't even get a ticket to a show. Yeah.
0: All right, let's but, hear Okay, joke. the
1: favorite kid's joke. What do you call a bear with no ears?
0: What do you call a bear with no ears? I have no idea.
1: Buh. Buh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh yes <laughs> and I yes. can't even
1: take credit for this joke because one of the nurses had said it to me we tried to calm the patients down when we we're bringing them back for anesthesia and we we're just telling these dumb jokes and she said this joke and I was dying I was crying under my mask because it was so funny <laughs> oh it's <laughs> so dumb I love it like, I'm going so to uh,
0: hey when I do okay. this joke in front of the kids I'll videotape it for you okay
1: because <laughs> the boys are like mom bro, come on <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> you said this so many times I
0: don't times. know boys I, she sold that pretty well I'm and stitches okay (laughs) yeah well thank you for these gifts you're awesome I love this stuff (laughs) all right so okay your hair has been cut and now you are in a really strong uh, uh, regimen of uh, chemotherapy
1: yes so I had to do six rounds of chemotherapy which I was hospitalized on a Monday and I was discharged on a Saturday um so what was that like
0: for those of us ugh. who have not experienced?
1: The chemo, the worst part was just being in the hospital. Getting the chemo, I was on the continuous chemo, so like a hundred and some hours of continuous chemo, but just by the time you're admitted, by the time they discharge you. And the first time I had a roommate and she never slept and she was, you know, and I just couldn't sleep either. And I was in a room with no windows and I felt, I couldn't even move my pole to get into the bathroom and I was just crying. And I just said, oh my God, like how? I'm getting chemo, I'm using this bathroom, I'm sharing this bathroom with someone that's not getting chemo. Like how is this even okay? So all these, it just, that experience was very bad. However, I am an employee of Penn so i asked you know if there's any way since so i'm an employee of Penn, can i get a private room next time um just as a favor for and they do they try to help out there yeah own. you would think and yeah. they do if they can if there's one available so my next five stays i did have a private room with a window and i just felt so much better
0: yeah you need to be in a good as good a as you can mental state oh, that, of I mean, mind how much does that affect your physical
1: uh, it, i mean from and jim would even tell you he's like i'm like look at this room i'm like videoing it i'm like it's amazing <laughs> There's
0: windows. Five window okay. sweet up in the
1: house i'm like oh i'm so happy this is great
0: <laughs> room service <laughs> <You> gotta, <laughs> hey no. but um can i ask sure what does it feel like going through chemo what does the actual process of chemo feel like
1: So while you're getting the chemo, you just kind of don't feel that great, but I guess I thought it would be a lot worse. I think because I'm young and healthy and strong and fit that I got through the chemo pretty uneventfully after i had the chemo then i kind of didn't feel well for a few days your food tastes like really metallic nothing tastes you feel tired. good you feel tired but i felt like i was so tired but tired as a mother that it wasn't any worse mm. than being tired as a mother and working full time <laughs> i mean <laughs> i feel like it was comparable Uh-oh. so i just never stopped I got it that first week of chemo. Brayden's communion was that I—I I literally was discharged from the hospital and I went to the church to go watch him get his communion.
0: I think I remember posts about that.
1: Yeah, and at that point, I was like, God, oh, I hope I don't throw up in the church. But I felt okay enough to to do that. And then it's just every time I was in the hospital, I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't know what the future had in store for me, and. You know, being a being a nurse anesthetist, being on call, and now being stuck in the hospital for a week, I'm already missing everything that week that I'm not there, and it's killing me. That was killing me more than the chemo. Just being in the hospital away from my family was
0: horrible. When I had uh, Elena Lombardelli on this podcast, I'll never forget the moment where she basically said the exact same thing, and her words, I believe, were, uh, I didn't want to miss anything.
1: No, and it really hits home, and I look at this year, like I I said, 2020 vision, like I have a clarity about this year, you know, like, and I had, I I don't want to miss anything. And I didn't want to miss anything then. I, the boys had a huge baseball tournament in Ripken. You'll you'll know that if your boys play baseball and they get a little older in Maryland. And I was, again, I'm discharged. Of course, it's the weekend that I'm out of the hospital. So I'm like, Jim took the boys down Friday night. I was discharged Saturday morning. My parents picked me up at Penn, drove me all the way down the Ripken and I sat out in the sun. Probably didn't realize I didn't feel that great until the night hit when everything was over and I kind of just laid down. But like I was, nothing was stopping me from not doing all this stuff. And the things happened to fall on the weekends (laughs) that I was getting out of the hospital. So I'm like, lovely. And then, you know, I was hospitalized for anniversary just like it all just kept every week so how
0: are you got some strong awesome boys at your house all three of them how are they during this
1: and i i feel like they handled everything as well as they could they're like i don't even think they thought i was sick most of the time they're like mommy's fine she's gonna come out here and i mean i still tried to play baseball with them in the backyard as like as most i tried to do everything that i could um Sometimes, like I did have some complications, I had to get, in addition to the chemo that I had through my port, I had to get spinal chemo, which is chemo that's placed, um, they do a spinal tap and they put chemo to bathe your spinal fluid and then I had to get high dose chemo to bathe um, my brain because the chances of this cancer coming back, the type that I had were high, that if it did come back, it would come back to my spine or brain and it's pretty much very hard to treat at that point so they do this preventatively okay and when they did my spinal tap I actually had a spinal headache from it was that which is a huge headache that doesn't go away unless you lay flat so what happens when they put the chemo so they put a needle a pretty large needle into your back and what happens when they take that needle out? fluid leaks back through that so some of your cerebral spinal fluid that bathes your spinal cord leaks out through this hole and causes a really bad headache wow really and, bad huh i mean i have never felt a headache oh, brutal. like that brutal where within 10 minutes of me standing up i had to lay back down oh and this went on for three weeks
0: oh no
1: and i was three weeks I tried to take some medications to, the only treatment is, and moms get this, when you do an epidural, sometimes like we put in epidurals, you can get, a, it's called a postdural puncture headache, like a spinal headache. Um, the only treatment is to do a blood patch, which is take blood from your body and to put it, kind of like plug the hole, kind of to say, in your back.
0: Oh, that's weird.
1: And I didn't want that because I said, why? I just can't fathom putting blood that has cancer in it into my back that doesn't have cancer in it right now <laughs> I mean I guess I just thought it was common sense but Penn said no like this is this is it's okay this is how we treat people and I'm like no like I'm not I'm not okay with that
0: really you were going against the doctors I didn't
1: at that for that I didn't agree with wow and I said I just can't in my mind if there's a 0. .0001 chance that my lymphoma can reoccur in my spine with this blood patch i don't want it like i mean were they saying though that that's
0: not how it works they
1: said that the this is just the treatment and the chances of that happening are not high like they're like i I mean i guess they said this is still the treatment
0: okay well there's still a chance so okay
1: and i mean i just said no i'll suffer through it and i would just lay on the bleachers and watch their baseball games upside down And I would just lay flat, and I remember laying in my dad's truck at the Little League. I'm like, just let me know when Mason's up to bat, and I'll sit up and watch him, and then I'll lay back down.
0: This whole experience, did time (laughs) seem to move slow, or?
1: I, you know, I feel like now that everything went by pretty, pretty quickly. Quickly. Yeah, like, you just get through it, and you do it, and... I mean, all of my stuff ended in November. So it went from March through November because I needed some radiation after the chemo. Was
0: that... Did you know that it was going to all come to an end in November? Or was this like November... Tell me about finding out that you are going to be okay.
1: Um, I found out in August that my PET scan was clear. And I remember Jim sitting next to me and we're there and they're like, your PET scan is clear, but you're going to need radiation. So... Jim's like, man, I thought you would be so much more excited than you were. And I'm like, well, I am excited, but now they're telling me I need radiation. And like, that's what's why like do they sounding why, in my mind why do they need they wanted preventative radiation along with the preventative spinal key, the preventative because my mass was so large okay
0: so it's preventative it's so you, all
1: you, preventative but
0: but you so you weren't feeling that stoked that knowing that I like, was
1: like stoked but I'm like oh my god I still have to go through more yeah, stuff right. and you must have been pretty what,
0: tired at the point
1: point. and what does radiation entail like I had no idea mm. what I had to go through and the radiation was worse than the chemo it was torture the device that your face when you have radiation to your head or your neck it's like a
0: how does it go i don't know what do you do
1: you have to get i want to say it's like a paper mache it's like this mask that they mold to your face and your head is locked into this table so you cannot move so your head and neck is locked in where you can barely breathe through this apparatus i could feel like my neck going up and down i have a mouthpiece in my mouth they clamp my nose off and i have to breathe through a goggles and a machine and follow commands i tell you this lovely, was torture lovely. torture and i'm like oh my god wow. i can't move i can barely that sounds, breathe that
0: sounds like you know the thing that nightmares are made of <laughs>
1: pretty, pretty much i'm like i told the physician i don't know how people do this like i don't have high anxiety or anything but but if you did you would not be able to lay here and do this yeah like this is terrible yeah And he's like, yeah, it is. (laughs) This is terrible. He probably gets people freaking out all the time. He said, we are trying to find ways like with music therapy or just certain kind of therapies to help people like, music (laughs) therapy. I'm like, yeah, people need to be sedated. Yeah, sedation. (laughs) That's about it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So, but then finally everything's over in, in November and I was, I was great. I was good. But then I was so worried about returning to work because my job is so stressful at work and now i have to transition back into a normal life. It's just kind of like can i do this? Like can i go back to doing this again? You know.
0: Why were you at a point where you were just mentally I
1: think i was just physically drained, i was mentally drained, and, but at this point now i you know i, I got to face i got to go back like this is reality, like i'm done now and i'm going to go back to work and i started going back to work 3 days a week to ease the transition.
0: What was the moment like uh, for Jim and the boys, knowing that everything's well, okay? Uh,
1: they were, like, the boys were like, yes! Like, they, they knew it. Like, they're like, of course, Mommy, that you're fine. Like, that's got, that's a mean, testament to
0: you. It's, like, it, it's your attitude. It's the way you handle mm-hmm. yourself. Uh, I'm sure you were a champion through the entire thing. And I think one day as they, as they grow older, they're going to know that even more, and they're going to appreciate that.
1: I can. I, I know Mason was not affected because he had asked me. He goes, "Mom, can you get cancel next summer too, so you can have off the whole <laughs> summer with me?"
0: Wait, has Mason <laughs> changed since he was no, at preschool? Like,
1: like, He's just like. <laughs> He's like, your hair doesn't itch me anymore. I just sweet snuggle. I'm like, okay, you're unaffected. And
0: Jim, he must have just been.
1: Jim, uh, you know, Jim was off with me for the entire process. He was. Yes. I don't know how I would have done it without him. Yeah. Um, he had a, luckily was able to be off me the whole time with, you know, people donated time to him to help cover like health insurance. And my friends, like sh- tons of ShopRite gift cards. And my friends, everyone came together. Like they donated all this stuff to me. And like with the fundraiser through the high school. And I mean, I had so much love. And like, there is a South Jersey Cancer Fund that also helps pay some bills and utilities if you're out of breaking teen. Well,
0: it's <laughs> Hamilton, it's Hamilton, like, uh, Hamilton is the place like if you and I were living in New York City if you were living in New York mm-hmm. City uh, this would not have happened no. what i'm saying is like here in Hamilton we care about each other we truly do it's not it's not a facade it's 100% love especially someone like you who brings such a posi- brings such positivity to Hamilton like everyone was saying the same damn thing about you how could it happen to someone who's such a good person what could i do for her you know everybody
1: i felt the love people like love from everywhere from even from and and the love from the community was amazing even people reaching out to me like i hope i'm not overstepping boundaries but you can always talk to me elena reaching out to me like Kim Velarde reaching out to me, people that, you know, even Kristen reaching out to me, like people like, you know, she said, it's like the secret society you don't want to be in, but we're, <laughs> we're all here together.
0: <laughs> she's got, Kim Velarde?
1: Kim Velarde. She's going
0: to be on my show soon. I just met yeah, her. So hey, she,
1: I had how cool reached, is she? Uh, she's amazing. And, and I had reached out uh, just this whole circle of people that came to my rescue and that still ask about me today. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you are loved hey let's go back I know you think we're going back and forth back and forth it's like Pulp Fiction right That's all all good that's what this episode's about Um, so you got your haircut and now we're going to the way back because um, I know that this haircut was huge for you because of something that happened to you Uh, we're going all the way back to when you were talking about you being bullied I could have elaborated on that when you mentioned it but I saved it for this point in the episode I I think uh, when you describe the story people will know why
1: Yes, when I <clears throat> when I was 2 years old, I was bit by a dog on the right side of my face. And I don't obviously remember any of it, but it has impacted so much of my life, to pretty much the career that I have today.
0: Well, what did the the damage do?
1: Um um from being from, I've had to have multiple surgeries throughout multiple school. surgeries. What kind um, of surgery? Plastic surgery, revision scar surgeries. I was bit so bad that luckily I have vision. The whole, when you're two, you're tiny, and it was a golden retriever. It wasn't, it was you a know, dog. it and it and luckily it did have a softer bite because golden retrievers usually don't bite people. It was my aunt's dog, and she didn't have children, and it was on. I think it was Thanksgiving, and the dog just somehow felt threatened and. I reached for food at a table, and it had bitten me mm, mm. and took off the whole right side of oh my face. Oh, my God. Where my dad threw me in his lap, drove me to Kessler when oh. it was open, and they just stitched me up real quick and sent me to chop. And you don't remember any of and it? I don't remember. Good. My My mom was deathly afraid of dogs. I wasn't. I said I'd never have a dog as a pet, but I, I was so young that... I didn't really know other than as I got older, I'm like, man, I have this scar on my face that I don't like that people are teasing me for. People
0: were teasing you about your scar?
1: People, a boy would hit me in the face with his backpack. A a boy drew a picture and said it was a self-portrait of me and it was a picture of Frankenstein. I didn't want to go to school. And... I remember my parents are amazing and just so supportive. And they would call, like, they'd call these people's parents, oh, not my son. Like, they would never do anything like that. And my parents tried, you know, you're okay. You can do this. They're very supportive, very, tried to help me. You know, I never had counseling or or anything, which I think maybe that would have benefited me at some point. But my last name was Tower growing up. And I just prayed that I was in the back of the classroom, like, towards the right side where people would see the good side of my face like I never wanted to public speak I never what, wanted what do you
0: mean about your last name oh you mean as far was, as the seating chart yeah the goes. seating
1: like as you, something you, like the so seating you were chart. so
0: worried about where you were sitting so that people would see the other side of your face
1: like that's how emotionally scarred I was from the bullying in school and I didn't stick up for myself I was really quiet I was really shy um but what I did do was anything that I could control in my life, meaning I knew I was going to do well in school. I knew that I was going to play sports and I was going to do well. Like I would just take my mind off all these things and I would involve myself in extracurricular activities. And I said, I'm going to make something of myself.
0: You thought that way as a kid. That's very wise. As, as a her. kid,
1: when I could have just kind of went the complete opposite way and had a lot of negative coping skills, which a lot I, of think people I, do. I think I did have you know, somewhere just thinking that I want to sit in the back and I was quiet. I never raised my hand. I didn't want to talk in class. Um, but I, I have friends.
0: <laughs> I know people who the stuff that you went through, they went through their own thing and it still affects them to this day and sometimes not in a positive way. I feel like you are, are using it in a different way than they are. I mean, so so you got your hair cut.
1: I got my hair cut and I never had my hair cut before and I said, "Oh my god, like my scar is going to be exposed. I've hid behind this curly hair for forever." And I never really thought about it until I realized I was going to lose my hair. Like I I thought about it, but it's not like something that
0: So your long hair, see, I never even that thought was a about safety it. Net. Your, your long hair covered it a bit.
1: Covered it and um Pretty much, I could just hide behind that hair.
0: Would you tilt your head like you just showed me? I would
1: tilt my head this way, Gosh. like in any picture. Like you'll never. Like I told Allison, wanted to photograph me a certain way. I said, Allison, I can't. Like I have to turn this. What about way.
0: just in, in in normal? Like if I were to talk to you when you're dropping off. Mason, I would
1: just. It's. I don't like, even think about it. Wow. So, I you know when when trauma to a child is a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think feel like it's a lot. Bigger than trauma to an adult because you don't have those coping mechanisms like you don't know like no, what to do about it. it yeah um so i cut my hair and i'm like oh my god what what am i gonna do and then i shaved my head and i text allison and i go allison i feel liberated yes i feel bad ass <laughs> if i can <laughs> say that <Okay. laughs>
0: hell yeah hell yeah I said
1: I feel and she's like you got it girl like that's awesome and I felt amazing Mm. I felt so confident I'm like why was I hiding behind this for so long it's not who I am it's not anything about me but it affected me so much that I went into anesthesia because I had I could wear a mask I mean that is the dead truth and I've never even told anybody that before
0: wait say that again
1: I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist because I could wear a mask.
0: Are you serious? And
1: I could hide behind a mask and I could be you know, a patient advocate and I could speak up and I could be myself and I can do all these things in the OR because I'm covered and I feel better. In addition to all the people that took care of me because I did have multiple surgeries and I knew about anesthesia and I knew about But like in the back of your
0: mind you knew that that in this position you could hide this thing that you didn't want people to see. And
1: I could feel better about my... And I could do all this stuff and I could... And nobody would see it. And that's how... Like, that's how...
0: And it took this to finally liberate you, huh?
1: All this time to actually liberate me and I feel... Like, more beautiful now and like more confident, and I feel better. Yeah, but it took that it's long, it's, it's huge. And but, like, the bullying is such a big deal to me, right? Because I have scars from that. I think day about that with my too. students
0: for every student who interaction. I think, okay, is this something that's going to stick with them? We need yeah. to handle this,
1: and that's why. One of the reasons I bought you the book about the kindness, because I teach my kids kindness above all else. Like, I, you, like that's it.
0: My son had a little thing with a, a kid in school recently, and I had him uh, learn the Confucius uh, statement of uh, uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. As simple as that.
1: That was at the back to school reading night. They had a book, um, Spaghetti and a Hot Dog Roll. Oh. and that was the <laughs> bottom line treat others there's a bully and i thought it was a great story that the kids listened to I'm it i have and to hear was, that one it was a really good story yeah. um pretty much she helped the bully and even though he bullied her the whole time she helped him and they became friends like she forego everything that he did to her and you know she helped him and i tell the kids you know if kids are bullying you it's for a reason yeah you know, and because you're better. Than There's a this. reason why yeah. people like
0: me and you aren't around being mean to people. We no. feel good. Yeah. And you, you, your liberated self. I am
1: liberated. Look at
0: you with your chin up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so proud of you. Uh, is that a weird thing? To say? I guess it's a weird thing to say no, about anybody, but, but I, I am very proud of you.
1: I, I feel really good that I've come this far and then I'm actually able to speak about it because I've never had enough confidence to speak about it to anybody. Like people know about it, but I've never spoken about it. And I, and again, that's my 2020 vision. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. And if I can just talk about some things and
0: kind of like, like right now, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at this moment,
1: <laughs> and if people can listen and, and gain one little thing from it, then, you know, I feel good about it.
0: Okay. So I have to ask you this then. You've been through something that most of us never have and hopefully never will. What did you get from it? Uh, what could you tell us that you feel like uh, people who haven't gone through such a traumatic thing what what should we know?
1: I feel that positivity is so is so meaningful and so strong, like there's a connection between like doctors treat disease and illness but emotions and your mental well-being also play into that also play into play into everything you know so i guess the point is like i well a everything is very clear to me now and b i think my positivity and my strength like I've gained so much strength throughout all of this. Like, I feel, really do feel like a superhero. It sounds crazy, but when my sister-in-law gave me the Wonder Woman bracelet and all the superhero stuff, like, I feel like a superhero now, and I feel closer to my kids and my family, and, you know, I want to continue to give back to my community, too. I don't know if I even answered the question. I think I just... I'm just I think lost. I just I'm I think just I just really
0: lost in your babbling, words. But <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but, I'm like hanging on your every word.
1: But I feel like I've learned so much because I've had so much hurt like bottled inside me. I've just learned so much about myself, like like self-worth and self-healing and um things that I can't believe like cancer is what I needed to bring this but out. I see it in
0: you I mean I mean that's a bummer that that's uh, what it took but like I don't know I always I've always been a huge fan of yours and your entire family but there's a different type of confidence coming from you now than I, that wasn't there before I mean you always seem not confident not scared but now you're kind of beaming confidence
1: I feel I feel great I feel like a better person I feel like bigger than myself I feel amazing
0: that's beautiful
1: and I feel like if anyone has a similar diagnosis or is going through the same thing, that they can do it. Like, you can do it. 100%. You can do and it. And you can call me. All and right. And I will tell you you can do it. <laughs>
0: <Like>. <laughs> I was thinking, you, you're a nurse, too? Like, who else? And there's Ellen Lalletta.
1: Yeah. Do you guys work together? We don't, but I'm part of her, her groups okay. on Facebook. Do but you we, listen
0: to her podcast?
1: I did listen. It's funny. I only listen to a few. I listened to hers.
0: Have you ever heard mine?
1: Your, your podcast yeah no
0: <laughs> people always say that to me like they think like "Ooh, am i gonna hurt his feelings no, no. are you gonna actually, hear this okay, episode no, i'm just
1: kidding i did listen to one you did listen i listened to one
0: was it elena it was it was elena
1: <laughs> i had and i listened to her in the summer actually i guess you did her no was it was
0: probably about august oh yeah august. i guess summer yeah
1: um
0: well, maybe september
1: um we were on vacation i told jim i just woke up early in the morning and i'm like i just have to listen like i'm having a hard time i just have to listen to elena i gotta listen to elena's and she made me feel better
0: oh good (laughs) i'm glad that that she did that for you
1: so no yeah i listened to i'm gonna i have to go back and listen to a bunch of why do
0: people say that too they're always like don't worry sam i'm gonna catch up
1: (laughs) (laughs) gotta catch up
0: (laughs) you know what the cool thing about my show is like hey I got so many different people, it's like, hey, maybe you want to hear some motivational stuff from Tiffany, or maybe you want to hear some sports stuff with this guy. You don't have to catch yeah. up. If you see one you want to hear, I appreciate you listening. Yeah. But more than anything, I appreciate just being able to talk to you. Yeah. This is special. This I is didn't really...
1: want to listen to them until I was done. Is what? that right? I think.
0: You're not the first person to say that. Really? A lot of people say that they, uh, who was here, re- Alex Jenkins. She yeah. just said, yeah, I've been waiting till this episode, you... now I'm yeah. going to catch up.
1: I want to listen when I'm yeah, I don't yeah.
0: feel Better. Let me know. Let me know if you like any. <laughs> of them. Okay. I
1: will.
0: <laughs> hey, speaking no of no hurt v- feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Just be honest, maybe. Okay. So uh, you were talking about how um, you had so much support from your mom, yeah. who I didn't realize I knew her until you mentioned who she is. Your mom's kind of like a a figure here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, is she Barb from Wawa? Well, she
1: is. And I know who she
0: is, and of course she's yeah. your mom.
1: She is amazing, and she's worked for Wawa for forever. And we, my my dad went to Hamilton. He's probably the only non-Italian in Hamilton, but he married an Italian that wasn't from Hamilton yeah. <laughs> and brought her down here. Yeah, um, She's amazing. I, I couldn't have done any of this stuff without her. We moved back to Hamilton because my parents are still here to help us with the kids before I got sick. Thank And thank God we did because... They've been there by my side this whole time.
0: She talks to me every time I go to Wawa,
1: and she's like, and she talks to everyone. She's just bright and cheery and very vocal.
0: Yeah, kind of like you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
1: So she's
0: well, sweet. Well, you are awesome. I'm so. I think all of Hamilton is just so stoked that you are okay. <laughs> like we need you here. Um, but now it's time for you to go to the chat pack. And because you don't listen to the Pillars of Hamilton, (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what I'm even talking about. You get to choose one of these questions, and hopefully you have an answer for
1: it. Okay. (laughs) Take the middle one. Boom. (laughs) If you could take a two-day crash course in any field of endeavor, what would it be? Two-day crash. Course. A
0: crash course—you just like. get to learn it in two days. What do you want to learn? Maybe something you want already know and you want to master. I don't know.
1: Ooh, this is a tough one.
0: Mm. Oh, they're all tough. Oh, they're boy. all tough.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thought I was gonna be easy on I you, thought you thought Tiffany be, Bendick. I know. Can't no,
1: you be I easy No, I like on you, me? but no. Mm. You know, it's funny because my husband's a cop, and. I'm a nurse, and nurses and cops go together. But I really don't understand like what he. I do understand what he does, but I don't. Hmm. So I want a two day crash course in in the police force. Ah. I'm gonna. I want to be in the in the grit. Yeah, I want I to join you. In that. It. I've
0: always wondered too. Yeah, get real deep into the lines. I and I probably like, couldn't do it. We'd be doomed. But, well, you okay. and I. I'd
1: be like what? <laughs> Jim okay. would be like. Jim, get, get back. Okay. Get behind me. <laughs> But then I could really, especially now, I mean, then they have understand. a hard, Those poor, I feel bad for some of the police right now. I mean, they got a tough, they really have especially, a tough job.
0: I mean, especially in the last five years yeah. with the, uh, yeah.
1: We'll leave it at that.
0: We'll leave it at that. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> okay. Question
0: number two. Oh, she's picking the green pick the, one. That's actually know. the kids chat pack. It is? Left over from summer camp. Ooh. I threw that in there.
1: Aside from any family occurrence, marriage, special anniversary, birth of a child, what event or accomplishment would you consider to be the highlight of your life thus far? Well, we kind of answered this one. <laughs> I mean, we can put this back, but honestly, I just, I i feel like when I was able to, it's not even an event, like when I cut my hair and I felt liberated, I know we went over, we went over this. Yeah, like, but I that mean, was it, huh? That was I'm a different person now. Like, I can just kind of brush all that childhood fear.
0: Yeah, I'd love to talk to to one of the people who were there to ask them what their experience was like. Yeah, Yeah, it must have been very special.
1: It's awesome. All right, well. And finally,
0: (laughs) I I actually narrowed it down to these two because I like them. Best of luck.
1: If you could have been one. Okay, I'm sorry. If you could have been the one who discovered any now famous person, athlete, author, movie star, singer, whom would you have wanted to discover before anyone else had ever heard of the individual?
0: Holy cow, that was very wordy.
1: <laughs> Jeez.
0: <laughs> but uh, do you love the arts? Do you like music and movies? And-
1: I do. Um, I like I like music. I I love. I mean. We're I a mean, very athletic family. I did love to dance. I mean, initially, like, dancing is an outlet. Like, dancing makes you feel
0: good. I saw that video of Jim. Uh, Jim posted a video a couple of years ago of you, like, just breaking out in Disney World. I don't know oh. if you were dancing with Tinkerbell or what, but, like, you were just like, he's like, of course, there she is dancing.
1: Just going for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do, I do love dance. And I'm a big fan of, you know, lots of big fans. Big fans of Misty Copeland, everything that she's doing for the world of dance. But... We're a big athlete family. Like, I feel like if I didn't throw out, like, a big baseball player, like, my kids would kill me because I think, you know, they, we love the Phillies, and Mason is in love with Reese Hoskins, and Brayden is in love with Real Muto. I have to somehow pick one of them.
0: Dude, you can't do that. Man. you know what for the sake of your two boys i'm gonna let you pick them both i'm gonna, Go have, to, gonna have to because they're
1: gonna listen to this yeah. and i can't just pick one
0: no you can't you but can't. and on a side note i hope uh mason you remember when we used to play catch back in the day i was the first dude obviously outside the gym but i was the first dude to play catch with you man
1: we got to see bryce harper's first home run as a philly we were there that game i had one treatment down and we went to a Phillies game. They both got balls from the ball girl. And we saw Bryce Harper's home run. And I was actually, and we were in the back of a uh, Franco hit a home run too. And there was a picture, a professional picture with us in the background. So I need to get that.
0: Oh, nice. And
1: frame that because that was really meaningful.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent. Very boys, cool. Awesome. Yeah. You definitely have a you got some real boys in your house. I do. From I can't be ones. girly. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big ones carrying around guns and just shooting the meat that he eats and bring the boys with them. I mean, got some boys. I do.
1: I got some manly, a manly <laughs> man. And some, I'm going to have some manly boys. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but I love them to death and they're awesome. And they helped me get through all this. Like, yeah. Braden wrote me a letter whole- and said, Mom, I will battle this war with you. Like battle, that's the word that he chose. And in my office, I have four boards of hundreds of notes that people have written me. That if I'm feeling bad, I just look at a note and I'm like, it's awesome. Uh,
0: I will battle this with you.
1: I will, we're going to battle this.
0: Hey guys, if, if you just like that, you don't even know. You don't even know these boys. Uh, these boys, they're special. Love them. Everyone know, everyone It's not just me. Everyone loves them. But I love them. So do you have any shout outs before you want to get out of here?
1: Um, A shout out to my Shore Hospital family who I was only full time with them for five months and they donated. I didn't even need a food train. One of the owners of Blitz's Deli in Ocean City, Joan, they delivered food to my house. Whatever the kids wanted. Whenever I was in the hospital for that full week, they donated food to me so my family could eat while I wasn't there. And Christina Hershey, who's an awesome CRNA that visited me and brought the food and all these note cards that everyone wrote me and my Princeton family, also Princeton Medical Center, my colleagues there and my old nursing school sent me donations. My TCNJ family. I mean, I have the love that I had from this town and even from outside of town was crazy. Like I couldn't even believe it myself. I'm like so grateful and thankful to Hamilton and to all of these people.
0: You're an excellent example of of someone who brings positivity wherever they go. I say it over and over again. It does not matter what you say to people. It's how you make them feel. And I have a feeling that you make everyone feel great because that's how you make me feel and everyone that I know. And this just shows that how much uh, they really do appreciate that and care about it and we're just all so happy that you're back you're stronger than ever and uh the best is yet to come
1: that's it 2020 vision
0: hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) tiffany bendig